Yo, Chuck, run a power move on him. May I say something to you to give you a true knowledge of yourself and life so that the same glory and success attained by other men who understand themselves may be yours? Man in the full knowledge of himself is a superb and supreme creature of creation. When man becomes possessor of the knowledge of himself, he becomes master of his environment, the captain of his own ship, the director of his own destiny, the accomplisher of his own ends. What's up, everybody? It's the Brooklyn Combine. Um, we, we've been kind of... I don't know. What have we been in? Missing in action, kind of detention. Quiet. Uh, quiet. Quiet. We've been quiet. quiet. We've been it's, really been, quiet. it's been a lot of people talking, so we've decided yeah, to keep a little yeah, quiet. Yeah, yeah. And kind of a lot of it also is you. a lot of the talking sometimes you. it's a reminder. I think, Mally, you said the other day is, are you putting in the work? I think that's a bit of what's going on a little bit amongst us. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about this a lot, uh, just so, you know, it gets kind of weird. But, um, you know, we have a special guest today. <clears throat> Can we do a quick oh, roll call before we do the... You know, about our, yes, uh, about Officer that. Phil. Phil is a cop of the combine, guys. You know, he enforces time and stuff like that. Like, you know, so we're going to... I'm you Kenneth. Mad, you, mad cor- you mad corny, son. You mad corny. So we have I'm guests. Phil. We have guests. So I'm Phil. All right. Phil what? What's your last name, man? See? Who who the cop now? You, <laughs> yo, <laughs> Phil. We, we rock with Phil. Peace, y'all. Right. This is Molly, brother Molly X. And uh, who do we we have? How, how should should we do it, or should we let him do? Listen, I'm, we I, have someone who. What do you want to do, Dwight? I'm happy to introduce myself. Look, it's an honor to be here in general, and I've I've heard many of the episodes to be, you know, so I know how the roll call goes. So I'm happy okay, to, to okay, be part right, of it. And right. Just jump so, right, right in. Cool. Yeah. Do, do your thing, Dwight. Do your thing. You know. This is Dwight Rhinosaurus. Uh, Rhinosaurus is my father's name, so you can just call me Dwight. But uh, I'm I uh, represent from the uh, Eat the Rich podcast. Great um, podcast. Much appreciated, man. Much appreciated. It's um it's been okay so far. We've we've uh, covered a lot in uh, the short eighteen months that we've been together, and it's uh, a touch overwhelming to do a research podcast once a week as well yeah, as a patreon is. episode no no but i'm really impressed by uh what you guys do first of all i love you guys uh concept from the name eat the rich i like that name yeah, i yeah, saw yeah. i saw some rich people crying today like on yes. i saw some billionaires <laughs> crying about what's happening in the, in the financial world and i um like they were really crying and i think one of them said they care it might have been the same guy who said they care so eat the rich is an interesting concept um and i've listened to it and you know what i like about it when i was growing up i used to read sometimes that reading was outside of the classroom and sometimes that reading involved esquire and investigative journalism and i was intrigued by like it was so much truth out there and i was i was intrigued by these stories and this information that would come out but it seemed like very little people cared about it um, and one of the things that I noticed about your podcast, like you guys are like literally, it's like you're following the trail. And while, as you're following the trail, you're sprouting, you know, wings and, and it's going in all these different directions. And um, I was really impressed by that. And it, 
it was really also kind of scary to me that most people I almost feel like if people knew this stuff, why wouldn't we do anything about it? Look, that's that's very uh, kind of you to say that. I mean, and and like we like we spoke about when you came on uh, the Twitch stream, you know, the scary stuff is out in the open. You know, there's the 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 cloak and dagger is is fine or whatever. And they may, there may be some of that that occurs, but like, you know, the statistics that we know about disparities in wealth by wealth and race in this country and you know in the broader colonial world in which we live um that's the scary stuff and 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 it is the result of an extremely deft apparatus of uh of forces that are trying to uh maintain that and unfortunately as we're seeing now as um i don't want to get too too ahead of myself but especially like I, I see from, from the kind of research that we've done is that the kind of like Marxist principle of the Marxist theory that the rate of the, uh, the tendency of the rate of profit to fall is happening now. And like they're flailing, trying to figure out how do we continue to uphold the hegemony that we've built this whole empire on. Um, oh, right, exactly. It's not, it's, and they're not doing it too well. And that's why we're seeing so, so much of this mass confusion and leaders that pretty much have no idea what to do. It's also unclear. A big part of that flailing is it's unclear exactly who to swat at, who to hit, who the enemies are. Because as those, as those walls, I guess, if we want to metaphor hop, start closing in on people, they start looking around and it's like, well, wait a minute, it's us. So, so, so who's the enemy in here then? And so now you're, you're looking at each other. You, I think about like that term that they've got now, I guess, I guess if we would call them the, 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 the super extra online far right, they got like this term, yeah. the glowies. And it's, and it's so interesting because I was looking it up and I'm like, what is, what is this glowies? What's the origin of this? And of course it was like these glow niggas. And so I'm like, again, always with the, but it makes sense of course, right? Because for this particular group, whiteness has to be defined as not being black. So that's about the only thing. You got all these splinter groups, about the only sort of common thread. But at the end of the day, all things fall apart, you know, and I guess inevitably, how even for miracles glorious, it has to go at some point. It's got to either morph into something else or fall apart, but it's happening and it's happening in real time. Mm-hmm. And folks don't know what to do. It's, it's funny that you guys both, both, you said it made me think about when you said don't, don't know what to do. You're looking at people like, for instance, the guy from Goya, like you would think with that, that incident would not have happened years ago because someone would have been in house and say, you know what, from a PR perspective, we probably shouldn't go down this route. Let's stay route road. Let's stay in this section. The fact that you have people like him, you have people, all these new, I guess we're all new to this digital age, but how people are handling it it has a direct impact also on their bottom lines. And it's funny how technology and all of it is, they think it's an asset, but you know, it, it's coming out different, you know, it, it, you know, so now you got Rupert Murdoch. I don't know if you guys saw his video. Uh, he got an award mm-hmm. and he talked about no. this woke culture yeah. and how it was touring. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like, you know, it, it's, it's just a lot, man. And I really respect the research that you guys put into it because I think it's difficult to have meaningful conversation in a world where people aren't, um, the retention levels are, are really off. And uh, it, it really captured my, I was intrigued listening to how you guys connect the dots, you know, to, to, to think. 
Yeah, I mean, th thank you. I mean, the, the, when I, I remember thinking about this term many years ago, and I think that it, I use it for a reason, which is that term, the apparatus, because it's not necessarily a lot of centralized power, and there's not like one centralized committee kind of making the decisions for, you know, uh, you know, which country are we going to try to, you know, facilitate a coup in? There's, there's a little bit of that, but ultimately, it's for this kind of like amorphic benefit, mm. like, and and one thing, and I, I wrote an article about this, but I haven't released it or done anything with it. And the way that I thought about it with capital is literally like the AI nightmare that we think is going to happen, I think exists today because capital continuously, I guess more in kind of like a, a, a weird metaphysical sense, but like there's no one in charge of capital and capital itself is trying to beget more of itself. Mm -hmm. And that's not like a conscious decision that any one person or any committee of individuals is making. We're just working on behalf of it. Like oh, even, certainly, yeah, yeah, certainly, yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. Even, even, even many CEOs aren't like the owners, you know, they're the managers of capital and they're hired to find like the kind of most capital efficiency. And so it's like, it's not even like we can point to one kind of governing central committee. And I think that, uh, the fact that we can't do that is kind of the scary thread that's pulled on the heartstrings of for the far right. Cause they're like, surely there's some cabal of, you know, individuals that are in charge of all this. And it's the reason of, of that my life is shit. And the reason that, um, you know, the, I haven't made more money that for the same effort than I did in the 1970s, you know, that's, it's, it's all kind of part of that, but that's, it's because of this kind of amorphous, uh, but that's the power of build, but that's the power of building systems, right? Like yeah. that's the that's the goal. Like that's the wet dream of anybody who's on the on the developmental side. You don't got to be in computer science to get that, right? Like you want a system that ultimately will begin to craft itself, right? Now you've got a life of some sort, but you also now have this dynamic of a life. Well, it wants to remain alive, right? Like things want to live, so that life will very much consume its manufacturer if need be. And then you inadvertently end up in a space where there's nothing left to do but to look around at those around you and start to point fingers, start killing each other, you know, whatever. But even, but even, point. but you know what? I feel like the American version of capitalism and, and, you know, all this stems from, you know, first of all, people falsely, I think, think this is capitalism means free market. I, I think if you studied capitalism, that it doesn't mean it, the government always has to be involved. Oh, yeah. When capitalism is moving along, but it's the extraction of the capital that to me presents the problem because in certain regards people are okay with these the kind of extraction and what i mean by that is um you can you can live with uh slavery you can live with all these dastardly deeds that involve the extraction of profit and capital so you're fine with that you're fine with who extracts it and who distributes it distributes it and that almost becomes the thing because many people cannot fathom a system in which the extraction of the wealth or the resources isn't disseminated under this system. And, that, and now you have a, so you have a system within a system and the, the within the system is unfortunately white supremacy, um, misogyny um, against child labor, against immigrants, against, you know, so it's, 
it's really mind-boggling that humans who care about humanity become so programmed against their own humanity. And, Absolutely. And, that, and again, and like, and, and you can summarize that with the statement that I love. It's like, so many individuals don't hate poverty. They don't want to be poor. They themselves don't want to be poor. It's not that they have a sort of fundamental problem with poverty. Even, even on a question of white supremacy on a topic, if we look at it almost like a religious construct, almost like Judeo-Christians, a sort of like salvation concept, white supremacy becomes this thing to move towards. Ironically enough, the white power argument has become silly on the face of it. It's like you have, look at, of course, we don't got to belabor this, but you look at what happened at the Capitol. It's like you guys are arguing for what you already have. You have white power. What you mm -hmm. really want, it can't be obtained. This type of white supremacy that you ultimately want could never be obtained in the same way that if you truly become saved, you will have to die in your sort of Christian tradition. Yes. And so the reality is this idea of whiteness is a modern construct. In that sense, you reach back to, you know, I mean, I don't know how far back people want to go, but they start taking the best of all these people who, if they could go back, would denounce them. So you make this thing called whiteness, but you can never be white. No one could ever be white. It's this amorphous thing. But then you want that thing to be supreme. So the only thing you can do is see everybody else. You can see these niggas, these goofs, these spits. You can see everyone else. So the whole of your existence becomes hating the other. You're all, so you don't even exist. You're this shell. And that becomes a microcosm of the macro issue of America. So America becomes this hyper thin veneer, puffed up nothing. And the moment something pricks it the right way, we know what's going to happen. It's going to be like one of them big balloons they would have or, you know, freaking uh, in Macy's Day Parade. That's going to be flying all over the place, you know? Hmm. There, there was a, like, four weeks ago, a white dude leveled a city block in oh, downtown shit. Nashville. Forgot about that. <laughs> Forgot about and that. no one has said shit. Mm-hmm. No. Like, mm -hmm. like it's so incredible yeah, no. to me. No one has said anything about it since then. Not like yep. we need an investigation. Mm -hmm. We need to we need to stop the nothing. sale of RVs. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> nothing like that. Not even the absurdity, but it's true because when because when that person is is uncle so and so, when that's cousin so and so, it, it does get complicated, right? It gets complicated because now you find yourselves on you find yourselves on the same page simply in different chat, simply at like different paragraphs or something. It's like, man, I know that what this person is doing is supposed to be wrong, but it's only wrong when someone else does it. I, I don't know how to respond right now. Maybe you didn't have the courage to actually go and blow something up because even what, to a large degree, what we're seeing at the Capitol, that's theatrical, right? Like that's people mm. doing it for the gram, as they say. A mm -hmm. lot of a lot of these individuals aren't really willing to go to some of these ultimate extremes, but maybe that individual. Well, well, you know, the, the American narrative, though, is adapting. Like, there may not have been a lot of pen to paper or journalistic um, fervor about that bombing in Memphis, but I just saw an article I read today on BuzzFeed talking about one of the young women, or the young, the, one of the women who was arrested in the January 6th uh, insurrection. And it was really like a, uh, it, was a, it was a beautiful mitigation piece you know, it really was. It was, you know, it reminded me of Hillbilly Elegy a little bit, but, you know, the narrative now, it has to paint that as, yo, these aren't people with bad intentions. These are people reacting to the system. And they are. That, like, that's, that's, that, 
both can be true in the same set of facts. The response from the American intelligentsia, the people hands-on, the donors, the Koch families, the what's Davos's family? She's involved in Michigan, all these rich families. <laughs> oh, they, man. They, you know, they're not invested in figuring this shit out. Because the one thing I notice about America, America is very good at, at absorbing data and information. Like, they can get a group of people together and find some shit out. They understand what's happening from a, a human standpoint on the ground and, and how their system is affecting people. They're unwilling to do anything about that though. And that's what we're seeing. Yeah. And but you, you, you have to do that as a grand storyteller, like your capacity, the capacity with which you can bring in all of this new data and information and transform it into knowledge that you need for your audience to have. That's the work of the good magician, the good charlatan, that's P.T. Barnum. You must be able to do that. And so America's existence is is clearly completely dependent on that ability it's about the only thing other than the military that it has left dwight uh this we're gonna get into this next just one word we're gonna get into it in the next segment we gotta take a break yeah you know we're gonna find it it's gonna be fun finding the music to to deal with what we're talking about on this one um you for some reason i think you know economics right I, I allegedly have a degree. I, I don't know how right. confident they were in right. handing it over to me. But All right. yeah. listen, you got it. It doesn't matter now. And capitalism is yours, right? Okay. It's uh, one word that would describe the current activity that's going on on Wall Street. Oh, d- dumb. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. I'm gonna stretch out. <laughs> what else is there to say? I dig it. Is that either that or hilarious? You know like, and with that, we we'll be all right. We we'll be right back, um, and we're gonna get into that a bit. And we I think we're gonna talk about January six a bit because I don't think any of us have really talked about that as at this point. But um, dumb, and we'll be back. Thank you. 
so so we, we're back. We left on dumb, right? So, Dwight, <laughs> what's going on? Like, my like, listen, opus. listen, listen. You got people, you got people tweeting tips and yo guys, yo, let's do it. Like people are moving around. The average guy is moving. Like who's res- ultimately responsible for this form of cultural financial entertainment right now? It's a good. I mean, I haven't even like really gotten my head around this yet because mm. to me, this is like a huge deal with with the game. I mean, literally, this this was a statement put out uh, yesterday or today by the White House press secretary, and I, I, I <laughs> this these words have been banging around in my noggin for the whole day, I know which what is talking about it too. The president is monitoring the situation in regards to GameStop. <laughs> Thank you. How like, good is that? Yo, put that in a quote. Let that summarize probably what the next four years gonna be like. How so good is that? How reactionary, like how this, but these are- So you mean to tell, hold on, wait guys, I'm a, I'm a dummy, all right? Yeah. You mean to tell me that the Wall Street, the, the financial market is not a representation of how the economy is doing and how I'm doing? I know it's a tough like, pill to swallow. Talk- <laughs> That's not, <laughs> what do you mean? might That's want to the- rethink your 401k strategy <laughs> with your financial advisor oh my god it's so it's so good i mean honestly i think i mean firstly you know the kinds of people that were able to originate this like this isn't some like peasant rebellion or something like that right this is this mm-hmm. is a, a kind of a, a a different strata that we're working with that like we had investment in this and had the the uh, ability to start to make a splash, right? People that had dough that they could throw away to make a point. Because mm-hmm. as, as I understand it, and I was reading through a Bloomberg article about it last night, um, the particular filings for Melvin Capital uh, and their short position was public because they didn't purchase it on an over-the-counter exchange. Something like that, doesn't okay. matter. Yada, 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 their, their short position was public. You could find it out. Mm-hmm. And so to that point, you could bully the stock now to be clear i remember hearing jim cramer talk about this on mad money like 12 years ago and he was just like all you need is 10 million dollars to bully the market to make a statement you need to just put that in then you can make it you know people start to wonder what's what's going on and uh and so it's this happens all the time i think what what the kind what capital is spooked by was that it was in some ways uh, democratized in the sense that there was a popular, uh, 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 I hate, hesitate, hesitate to say the word movement because it's not like this was like a yeah, you know, right, philosophical right, right. thing, you know but it was saying, like, no, you know, it, it was, it was a some thrust, people that got to get, yeah, like, a. There's got to be some some term for it in historical what in historical terms or whatever. But anyway, you know, like when rich people get together and devise a plan and got money, make, make <laughs> like oceans, like oceans eleven or something. Yes, like, like, Ocean, real time. Like, oh, let's kind of do this. Let's let's make this happen. Let's do this. Oceans eleven, but it's like stock dude four twenty on on Reddit or whatever. And and so, and they were able to make a splash. And I think the I I think what we're seeing and what we're going to see in the next like week or so even because this shit moves so quickly is they and we've already saw it today with uh reddit pet put uh wall street bets went um the reddit page went private discord uh, uh, disallowed their server from being from running so they couldn't communicate on discord uh capital is circling the wagons on this one mm-hmm. 
and even the two former bosses of the guy, Gabe Plotkin, uh, injected billions of dollars of cash because some, you know, farting dudes on the internet came in and decided to like screw with him because they could. Right, right. Because they could. Because so, they could. Again, this isn't like, you know, some, some like popular rebellion or something like that. However, I think what this shows is there was a crack in the armor and it turns out they're not as strong as they seem to be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And for that, th I think that's super exciting. And it, it's almost like in the sense that their system is set up for no surprises. And whenever there's prizes, there's huge bleeding. Yeah. And they are going to denote those surprises to the cultural war that's going on right now. Because when they really go, when you want to you know who the fucking problem is? It's your grandkids go and his friends. That's how they, you know, it's right. not. I saw some shit with the guy saying, oh, it's some guys at home getting a check, not working. No, motherfucker. <laughs> First of all, you get all the fucking money from the government. You get our money. Mm -hmm. Your kid got your money and that money. And your kid is out here moving around. But, I, like, but you know I, I mean, there is there not, is that's not all. That's not no, all. Sure. Of it, you know no, no, saying? but that is a big part. I mean, personally, I do. I, the aspect of it that I enjoy is seeing individuals willing to say, hold up, wait a minute. There's a way that I can I can make this work for my advantage. I can exploit this. There's some there's some flaws in this. What I don't enjoy is the in my judgment, the people who really need to be taking advantage of these systems in this way. Are, are, are not the ones doing it. And moreover, the individuals who need to say, wait a minute, maybe all this is a sham. Perhaps we should be crafting our own monetary systems and then trading amongst ourselves for the goods and services that we want and need in our communities. Maybe we should be going all the way to the extreme because perhaps that's not extreme. Perhaps that's mm -hmm. rational. Perhaps yes. that's actually rational to say, let's use our energies to create that which we need as opposed to chasing some dream of indefinite capital, which ultimately I'm never going to acquire, you're never going to acquire, you know, what happens. So, so, so how does this moment though, Dwight, you think affect um, those who are at the bottom because the relationship between wealth and poverty is a, is a, is a symbiotic incestuous one. Mm. Like how, how does this have any bearing uh, on the people that have nots in a, in a, in a, listen, let's not forget. We're also in, there we, we're on the verge of a bubble, uh, mm. A lot, a lot of people are saying anyway, we're in a middle of a health pandemic that's brought on a economic pandemic. And then there's a, over all of that, there's an overarching uh, uh, theme of, a, of the ultimate pandemic, which is white supremacy. And this is why people shouldn't get upset about when you bring this up. When I, when I talk about that, for me, I think there's an acknowledgement that we have to perhaps create different ideas of thought. Um, it shouldn't be exclusive to one group of people, any group of people. That 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 just leaves abuse of power. But how, like, how does this moment financially and everything else affect those who are on the bottom or the have-nots? Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's a good question. I mean, I think you know if we had to put this on a kind of like American storyline, it's likely that, you know, they're going to use their power either, you know, through through economic power or through legislative power because, you know, they own the politicians um, that, you know, would, would legislate around this. Uh, 
to maybe put some sort of perfunctory uh, laws in place that disallow certain types of trading mm -hmm. or something mm -hmm. like that. And yada, 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 create higher barriers of entry to even get into this. Right. Higher than they already are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like exactly. That, that, but, but increasingly, if you continue to have working class or, or flat out poor people, I guess people don't like that term, but I'm gonna call it what it is. Poor people, ever the more so chasing those dreams, then you're gonna have an even greater mess than you had in the past. Because totally. rather than finding the time to say, let's make, let's create this, let's create this, this time period's unions. Like, what does that, like, what does, what does a union look like in a digital age? You move from mm -hmm. chattel slavery to wage slavery to now gig slavery. Soon you're gonna have, I don't even know what, maybe some flat out data slavery. But, uh, you know, the, the, you know. The, ter the term I'm using now, and, and I, I think I stand by this, is like neo-feudalism. That's a good term. Because, Finally. you know, especially, I mean, you know, I'm interacting with you guys right now through like four companies, you know, I'm my, 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 uh, Microsoft laptop, zoom, you know, and, and spectrum internet, yep. you know, like, like a handful of companies <laughs> that are, I need that I rely on to do my basic functions of life because that's all that we have. Yes. And so when they ha are, you know, an extremely small group of people own those systems, then that doesn't that kind of track in the, what a, a feudal system used to be where you, you know, yeah. like most Absolutely. of your share Absolutely. goes to yeah. the Lord and stuff. And you know uh, what? Yes. Yes. I think about the, I, I tend to, to imagine the cultural daily existence of the regular folk, right? You, you imagine some feudal group of regular folk, they looking up in the windows at the Lords and all these people living their lives. And they got their little, <laughs> they got their little stick pretending it's a scepter or something. And, <laughs> some burlap sack they done wrapped around themselves. Yep. But the reality is they're like in love. They're like in love with the oppressor. And now you yes. got a stretch of time where that went away. You, you can openly hate and you move on, but we're now back into a place. I like that neo-feudalism because today, maybe not her personally, but a lot of our kids, a lot of the working class today, the affinity that they have for Apple, for Uber, for this brand, that brand, no, it's, it's crazy. almost as if they don't realize that, like, you know that That's these it. are people no, no, no. that it's want they, nothing to do with they, you. No, no, no. They, you. They've done what the Supreme Court has ruled in a sense that corporations are people. Like, people, Absolutely. humans are treating non-human things as people, and they have an allegiance to it. But what, what, I've, what I think about often is, what if it's always the youth in any time period? What if the, and, and, and then when I say that, it's always, let me be clear, because me and Mally, we talk about this a lot. We're not leaving it up to you young people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no. that's not mm -hmm. what it is. It's, it's up to everybody. However, they do always drive the market, you know, um, all these terms that come out from Madison. Is there Madison Avenue even anymore? Is I don't there, even like, think so. Does that, 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 yeah, it doesn't, doesn't even matter. matter. But the technology and the ability to, to advertise 24 hours every second of the day has given and created this new line in capitalism where people are willing to throw as much at it, trillions of dollars, billions of dollars at just to get people to, to, to do that. I would love in my lifetime, or at least it seems like in the evolution of humans where this shit is gonna get stale one day, where humans, 
because we're so unstable, we're so unhappy, we're never satisfied, we don't have enough, um, whatever, we're creative still. But one day, what happens if people are not intrigued by the new billionaire's money, which is the Zuckerbergs and all these other guys, the guys who own Reddit? Like, what if people just finally one day say, you know what? Fuck all that shit. But that's inevitable, son. Like we're going. It's gonna I don't know happen. If we're gonna, yeah, I don't know if we're gonna I, see we it in our lifetime, it, but, it, but it's it inevitable. I was it's thinking inevitable. about. I was thinking about the other day. You know, when you get these streams of consciousness, and you start taking all these notes, start researching, and going crazy. But I was thinking about all of all Most of people America. don't do that shit though, Mally. That's why we fucked up though. <laughs> Everybody did that. We might be all right. <laughs> but I'm, I'm taking. I'm like feverishly. You know, you can't type fast enough. But I was thinking about all of America's great awakenings, right? And of course, you know, pre-colonial, but at least keeping it here. All these great awakenings, great awakenings. They speak specifically to that, Kenny. Even when things were pretty decent, all things considered, the instinct for sort of something else. You get bored. You want the new, the novel. You know, we humans. We want what we don't have and have what we don't want. That that impulse, that instinct is so dependent upon whatever's being flowered or watered when times are not that. So it's important for us to say what is out here that we can flourish, that we can help flourish rather, so that when it does start to grow, this next generation has something. They have something. We have we we owe it to them to do that as students of history because we know it's coming, no matter how great things are, and things ain't great. So it's gonna get here fast. <laughs> it's here already. It's here. Yeah. Already here. <clears throat> I, I got a lot of I got a lot of faith. Oh, I'm sorry. We we got no no. I'm sorry. No no no. We don't we don't. No no no. Sorry. Go ahead. What you gotta say? I just you know I I'm a big fan of TikTok. I don't know how I would have gotten through the pandemic without it. And you know the the algorithm is like really knows me at this point. Uh, but I, I have a lot of faith in the Zoomers. I think part of it is like you know what what age group are those guys? I, just uh, to be I think clear. I think the oldest are like twenty two, and then the youngest are probably you know like eight or something like that. So you know, kid kids today, yeah. I think is a, a, a fair mm. fair way to put it. You know, I think the oldest are maybe okay. just okay. entering okay. the workforce. Um, but mm -hmm. a I you know I think it's kind of like uh, we have to be careful. I, I get caught in this and I hear a lot of people saying this, like saying like, oh, the young, the youth is going to save us or something like that. And we, <laughs> we, you know, we absolve ourselves of any, yeah, yeah, yeah. of any uh, action by mm -hmm. doing that. But like, I also think that the youth, like, like the zoomers and stuff are kind of weirdly, um, uh, weirdly uh, like knowledgeable about their lot in life. And that like, all of these, all of capital is like blazing at them to get them to like buy something or or change something or or and the the sickest part too, and and this is I think goes into like the neo feudal thing is that I think Ken for the reason that it's like does Madison Avenue exist? Mm -hmm. Why have to pay an ad agency when you can just own the cool things cool. that the kids yeah. are doing? Yeah. Right. And, well, and, well, look at what's happening right. now, right? Like, look at what's happening in advertising now. Well, even outside of advertising, the whole advertorial space, now you've got major publications going directly to quote unquote influencers like, yo, give us content, like flat mm -hmm. out, yep. like let's simply go straight to the source. So we can easily imagine the next version for these young people when they are, you know, not even quite our age, it, it's inevitable. It will flat out be, yo, talk about our brand in your daily discourse, you know, that's it. Like, 
cut out the middleman altogether. Now you're going to have, from an economic standpoint, you're going to have an enormous swath of people that simply can't participate in your thing. Right. Hopefully that generation will be so disinterested altogether that it'll basically be we're not for sale. If there's anything that you can gather from this pandemic is that you don't need nearly two thirds of the things that you spend your money on. And as a human, like you don't need to spend at the rate that this system is requiring, but forget requiring, demanding that you spend. Like this system is so broken that when it's broken, the answer that they have is spend more, even if you don't have it. Right, and the same way that when we saw after finding, if somebody wants to call it some like post-industrial revolution age, whatever, you simply ended up with too much of every freaking thing. We're now reaching a place similar in this digital dynamic where there's simply far too much information being produced and it cannot be absorbed. And inevitably people are going to either start to throw it all up and have some nasty, I don't even want to picture that metaphor, or they're going to cut it off. It won't even be some big philosophical reason. It'll be like the momentum that we were talking about earlier. That will be the force driving. You simply can't. And of course, capital, I mean, we've seen capitalism reinvent itself many times. I don't think at that point it will be like, oh, I'm out of here. It'll find a way. But if if they're hip to what's going on, we will help them be able to turn away from this and say, I'm only going to use these new tools for creating the kind of world I want to live in. Nothing else. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. And that has happened. That has happened throughout history, you know. And maybe, and that's that's the, maybe a different kind of a human ideology that we start developing as opposed to these sucker ideologies that we create to convince ourselves to think that this is the only way to survive. Yo, so, all right, we got to, Phil, you on me? Woo, 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 woo. Everybody, Phil is here. It's time. Um, we're going to go. You're fed. You, you, you feds, boy. <laughs> feds. Yo, listen, I fight the feds. You know that. Come on. Right. Sometimes. <laughs> no doubt, um, Huggy. Huggy. I'm Huggy there, guys. Um, I guess we're going to talk about... Yeah, we're going to take a break. take a quick break, and then we'll... Yeah, we're, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about January 6th. Yo, Dwight, right. what, what, what you bumping? In, in yeah, your, what you uh, listening to? Yeah. Right uh, man, all day today, it was. I listened to two albums. Um, one was uh, Heavy Weather by Weather Report. And the second one was Intervisions by Stevie nice. Wonder. Nice, nice, nice. Good stuff. stuff. All right. I woke Jump up today. With... I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know heavy weather. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, weather report it's, is good. It's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that I, I grew up in an extremely musical household. And what, my what was and, musicians? And what was the other album? Intervisions, Stevie Wonder. Oh, oh yeah. You know what? It's crazy. Yo, Stevie Wonder is a genius. And the songs that I love, I love. But it was something about Stevie Wonder that I didn't, I don't know what it I, is. With I, was, I was just about to say, there's a very interesting factoid about um, our good friend Mally right here is that Mally, like, like you, Dwight, grew up in a musical household, but he hates Stevie. Really? So, he doesn't hate him. So you don't, you, no, right, you don't hate him. You don't hate him. But you don't hate him. But you but you trying to get you burned out the stage. Because you say that, Cats is like, what? You don't like Stevie? You're not invited no more, son. No, but you but Mally, Mally, you don't particularly he's not my go-to. Now you know what it is? You know what it is? Two two things about Stevie. Well, three things. Number one, which must be stated, 
Stevie Wonder is an absolute genius, and that's not an exaggeration. Stretch the word. We all agree on that. That's right. don't don't stone me to death. All right. What's all right. The, rest? the second point. The, no, 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 no. I, no, as a, as a, somebody who loves music, I gotta I gotta make that statement. But number two, I can't stand his voice. It's so pitch really? perfect. Yeah, you know what it is. I love blues. I'm a big. I love blues. I'll take somebody off key. I'll take somebody who can't quite get into pocket, but the feeling is there. Stevie sounds like your your like worst, you know, music teacher. It's so pitch perfect. It and is for pitch me. Perfect. It registers. It's like nasally. So that's number two. Yeah. Number three. I think technology destroyed Stevie's music for for me. Once Ray Kurzweil created the like that freaking piano for him, the sampler where he can now the sampler he could do everything all himself. The music started to sound like. But isn't one that more person. bluesy though? Isn't it more bluesy? No, than no, like not when Stevie does it. Because think about it. If you're if you're if you're if you're not when Stevie does it. Yeah. Think about it. If if you're Howlin' Wolf, if you're Howlin' Wolf, nothing against Howlin' Wolf. I love Howlin' Wolf, but Howlin' Wolf doesn't have the musical abilities that Stevie has, right? Stevie's hearing seven, eight yeah, instruments. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when an old blues man takes one instrument and his voice and does his thing, we love it. When Stevie takes eight musical parts, plays all the parts himself, yes. we lose the the texture of that drummer playing it his way, that sax man playing it his way, that bass man. So we get all Stevie, and to me, a lot of his best work was before he got that freaking Kurzweil machine. Mm. So you, that's, you, that's Mally, about three you, points. Pat Bally, have you ever listened to Rashawn Roland Kirk? Mm, have you ever, I'm not sure. Dwight, have you ever heard of Rashawn? Rashawn no, Roland no, Kirk no. was a blind. He was the blind. Um, I believe he was a saxophonist, but he—it's a picture. It's a jazz picture where he has three. Um, horns in his mouth at the one time playing them and it's, it's I, see, I see that oh i've seen this yeah i've seen this picture but him, I, I don't him. i don't have any music of his in my yeah. head at least that i know of yeah google, google this jam called bright Wild. moments he did this shit called bright moments i really want to get into january 6 and what it means and in, in here now and, and in the near future actually so we'll take a break
We're back, guys. We took a break. We're back. Um, January 6th happened. 23, I don't know, 20, what is, what's today's date? What, what, what day are we in? 22 29? days ago. 22 20, days 20, ago. Yeah. Um, feels we like a lifetime. Have, it does feel like a lifetime. It feels like a really, really long time ago. And I think that's a, a res, I don't know what that's a result of. Things just seem to be older than, than when they happen. I don't know if it's because we're living it in real time. But we haven't talked about that on a, on a podcast yet. You know, this is the first time we're talking about January 6th. I have my own opinions about it. I'm just going to throw some things out here for me. <clears throat> it's a highlight. I, I'm sick of everybody talking as though Donald Trump was the um, illness. He's a symptom. Donald Trump didn't do anything that this system didn't allow him. He's a creation of this system. And he benefited and he fell into power. Um, he did a horrible job when he was there. But he wasn't held, held accountable. And to me, that was more of a reflection of, in my opinion, and I've been in these situations, America has always had a problem holding itself accountable. That's the reason why the term American exceptionalism exists, or one of the reasons. But I also been in those circumstances or situations where I also seen really bright, fair-minded, good white folk restrain from holding another dastardly white folk accountable. I've seen that in real time. And I think what we're seeing from a symbolic standpoint is that, and the outcry of it is, or at least the inception of it is, those black people stole something from us again. Let's forget about what the real problem is, which is the system. Let's pay attention to what these black folks yes. did. They stole the election again. and. That is telling me that this system is re-upping in the 21st century going forward, much like W.E. Du Bois talked about, the issue of race. This country is doubling down on what it is about as far as white supremacy, because the fact that the people who started that insurrection, and when I say started it, I ain't talking about the, the dumb mooks. If you listen to her, um, the Eat the Rich podcast, the dumb moots. Oh, God, I hope it's okay there. to use that term. <laughs> yeah, listen, beating it, we're going to find nah, out. Now, nah, this is a calm on no. podcast. Yeah, listen, yeah, yeah, we good. <laughs> like, those dumb fucks who was actually beating the shit out of cops, killing one of them. Some other cops died as an ancillary effect of all this whole incident. But not those people. Those people are going to pay if this American system rule of law wants them to pay, even though they've shown even a hesitancy of holding those people accountable. Yes. So the people who spent the money, who got to the Ali Alexanders, the Giuliani's who's leaving voice messages on the wrong senator's phone, the president oh who's God. telling people to go, yeah. mm -hmm. the people who go, like you can't make this up. Look, I fight the feds, the, 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 the stuff is there. And those, that system is telling us that we are about white supremacy because when you tolerate those people, when you don't hold them accountable, so all this silly folk who talking about, oh, it's an impeachment, it's a waste of time. Listen, it may be a waste of time in a certain regard, but it isn't in the regard of history. Mm -hmm. You need everyone who says that they supposed to be responsible to see, say, are you with this shit or not? Because look, the revolutionaries, the abolitionists, the leftists, 
the moder- whoever needs to respond to that, they're going to have to respond. So that record needs to be made. Um, so for me, January 6th was a great, this um, America's democracy is teetering on, like it's almost gone with this incident and how they're handling it. And this incident is for years to come. Our kids' kids will be dead and gone. People are going to be like, wow. And they're going to be pointing to these time periods. And I don't think this country is prepared for that. And I don't think this country is so manic right now. The wealthy are manic. The people running the systems are manic. People in government are manic. And they're all wacky and they're not thinking and they can't even see that they're they're literally standing over a fucking falling building and that mm-hmm. that's what january 6th representative so i'm i'm curious to see what you guys thought about that i mean again but, i don't i mean and i'll be i'll try my best i know you don't. with it because you already know i don't like distractions and i do perceive it as it relates to again as it relates to nation building internally I think that it is very, I mean, I think it's very important to keep your eye on what you perceive to be your enemy, their actions, what they're doing, but do not get blinded by the light. So much of the showmanship and things that we see going on, people fumbling all over themselves, and like that actually was occurring. Like at the Capitol, you saw law enforcement fumbling over themselves, dropping gas, and that was embarrassing. <laughs> but nevertheless, this is them fighting amongst themselves. And to a large degree, whether we're talking about QAnon or Proud Boys or, or we could, you know, Antifa or, well, not, not Antifa, but you get the point. Any of any of these groups that, to a large degree, whether it's well-intentioned or not, whether it's well-intentioned or not, they're being so controlled by the power of propaganda as they absorb it through social media. There's so many studies showing people are pulling individuals in with beautiful well-crafted Instagram posts. This is one of those examples in that sense. But I will say this, to the ahistorical part of it, it's worth noting the myth that exists in so many minds that here's how history went, works, right? This thing happened, and then that happened, and then that happened like a freaking back-to-back dominoes falling. In the real world, you don't storm the Bastille, and then all of a sudden it's over, revolution done. No, that's not the way history works. History is not the past. It is a story about the past. So if you, as an individual, truly desire to put yourself in a historical record, be prepared for the long haul. Don't sit around and try to make silly Instagram posts and things of that nature, because you will be forgotten. You best believe that. The moment might not be forgotten, but your foolish behind will be. And so many of these individuals, sadly, will not be remembered. And the people who do remember them will die. Why? Hmm. Right. Um, uh, I mean, look, I could, I could, this is one of my, you know, most things I'm most passionate about. Uh, I'm going to take it back because there was something that I heard on NPR that I still think about, which was a story that they ran. And I remember I listened to it on New Year's Eve. It ran, it ran on New Year's Eve, which is a story about a woman, a black woman uh, in suburban Atlanta and how the story about how it took her 10 hours to vote. And NPR presented it as how lovely is it? Look at the determination of this woman. And, and these are the kinds of things that it took to get Joe Biden into, into office. And we can thank these, these strong people. And she was just like, I kept calling my husband. And she, he was like, yo, I'm, I'm cool with the kids. You know, stay in line. Don't get offline. You know, stay there. And there was just like, and we, you know, we thank her for her perseverance or whatever. And I, and, and I got to the end of it. And I was like, what the fuck? Are you kidding? The, the, this is a <laughs> failure. 
And I, and I thought about that, Ken, when you said like, uh, you know, about like, you know, that, that our democracy is teetering on the edge. At its best in the last 50 years, it's been bought and sold by increasingly consolidating and, and, and hmm. entrenched corporations. Uh, yeah. so, so now, okay, let's say on a fluke, Joe Biden won this election because again, if it weren't for COVID, I don't think he, he would have won. I don't think he. I don't think he would have won either. I, yep, I, I completely yeah, agree. I would. I, I agree. agree. More like literally hundreds of thousands of people had died because of government inaction, Muslim ban, child separation, all this. Oh, none of that shit mattered. And yeah. more people voted for Donald Trump mm -hmm. in 2020 than did in 2016. So mm -hmm. this is like the entrenchment of that white supremacy and the emboldenment, the emboldening of them. And it's not like it's not like poor white Appalachian people. This no. is like hell you know, no used car dealership owners and you know you know Brooklyn Supreme Court judge's son, <laughs> yes. uh, private yeah. jet lady from Dallas. Exactly, like, you know all across the board. All across the board. Now. At the same time, you know, these people, again, as we were talking about before, like have had all this grievance and all this, uh, you know, this, this, um, you know, white identity crisis or, or lack of, you know, lack of a white identity. They have, they have nothing and they're increasingly poorer because all of us are increasingly poor as if, if you're all not of the us. ruling class, right? <laughs> Thank you, Dwight. <laughs> so, right. So, so all you hustlers out there. <laughs> so, uh, so of course they have all this grievance and, you know, oftentimes when you can't, explain it because you don't want they, they're unable to break down the narrative of colonialism and the neo-feudalism and they because they they would have to be confronting their own whiteness and their own privilege you know you know for for whatever that's worth then it's going to metastasize and it's going to find a way like like a like a like a, a like a, a river after a storm like in the desert or something it's going to find somewhere to go and QAnon is it and it's terrifying mm. It's fascistic. It's white supremacist. It's it's just absolutely bonkers, and for those same reasons that they have that those people have found QAnon are the same reasons that like establishment Democrats and the kind of quote opposition are uh, as as we as we talked about you know especially in the uh, letter from Birmingham jail as MLK said about the white moderate <laughs> they don't want to confront the 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 the. Uh, the um, the the conditions that brought about that in the first place. You know what's crazy? Because, because, because right. it would mean it would mean confront it would mean confronting themselves. Like yeah. but, yes. like really quickly but, to to pick up on that that metaphor that you use there of that river. It's so incredible. It's so incredible that the very the the, the reason a river works is because it seeks the path of least resistance. It's mm -hmm. remarkable that the path of least resistance for these people is the very path that for so many black and brown people we are frozen at we are frozen in the face of for them that's the path of least resistance these people didn't fear like oh my god if i go to the state capitol and store i'm the, they they're gonna shoot my behind two three four five blocks away no it was clear i can get this off and it's and again for all of the people who are so and more people got it off country, than yeah exactly every single day in this country most of us that are black and brown live with, I mean, your sphincter close up every time a cop walk by. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so you live with this perpetual fear of a, this, this oppression, this daily oppression. These people feel even more oppressed than that. Because no matter how oppressed we feel, we are not like, you know what? Everybody round up. You know what we do? We, at best, we might say, let's round up and get on the defense. These cats said, we are so oppressed. 
by our glorious privilege that we need to go and storm the Capitol because we have white power. But what we really want is white supremacy. Domination. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's we white want supremacy. white supremacy. And, we and want there's a distinct, supremacy. And listen, and, and people don't understand that just like people wouldn't understand someone in jail, the distinction between a white nationalist and a white supremacist mm -hmm, mm -hmm. jail. There's two Absolutely. different functions in a jail. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. And, and to your point, Dwight, you know what was funny? Their refusal to like, what's going on here? Like, you got to really take a step back sometimes and think about this stuff. I remember the Marjorie Green, our <laughs> uh, lady. I, I don't know if it's because there's a certain small percentage of us as Americans here who we're like constantly trying to find something, you know, that has some substance. And I remember hearing about her. But today I wake up and it's her harassing. Yeah, look. You know what I, I don't like? I think the young kid, like the David Hogg kid and those other kids mm -hmm. who shout out, AOC and uh, Ilion, I can't say many black young males because I think America has a tremendous problem dealing with a black male who does not uh, mimic America. Um, but those young people, I feel, or those people, they get ridiculed in a, a weird kind of way to me. But I woke up today and I see this video of the David Hogg dude being accosted by Marjorie Green. And I'm like, yo, shouldn't this shit have been out when she was fucking running for office? What, what's going well, on here? Like, yeah, like what, what, we, what we really doing here is about confronting this shit. We don't want to confront this shit. Like this ain't about- Nah, nah cats don't want to confront it. No matter how much money they spend on it, no matter, uh, you know, and it's been noted a thousand times, but man, it's worth noting a thousand and one. Seven hundred and fifty billion dollars. What y'all spending all this bread? Y'all, y'all gripped up. Y'all got all the guns. Y'all got and all you, the regalia. And you, they, all and you get practicing. your capital smoke. You got bum rush in the capital. Your capital. You know how many? Yo, look, look, look. You know what that shit was crazy to me because yo, it's fucked up. But in my little small bubble, yo, I done bum rushed a lot of hip hop events, man. <laughs> like literally, I don't. We done discarded a lot of bounces, Dwight. Like a lot of bum rush. Yo, these people I'm watching, and they took the same vibe when I was 16, 17 years old, and they applied it to their 40s, 50s, and they ran into the Capitol. Yes, because shit, because historically, took computers. Yes, took information. Son, that because because that that's not the rice tag. Like, you but know look, what I'm look, saying? Right. But That's the this, freaking United States yeah, capital. But look, 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 the rule of law. Look, look, I go to these magistrates. I go to these magistrates. Listen, if you want to understand American rule of law, every magistrate wants to become what? An Article Three district judge. So all those magistrates, if they can be promoted to district judge, district judge is like the diva in the legal world. Right. Yo, these judges are letting these people out. And listen, here's a standard. I want you guys to look it up. The, the, the bail statute in the federal system, I believe it's 3142. I may be off, but it gives you the details of bail. Risk of flight, danger to the community. And you have kids selling crack or, or scamming or whatever nonsense. And, yo, they get detained. No bail. These guys, whatever more danger to the community than kidnapping uh, public, duly elected public officials in an attempt 
to change a duly elected uh, uh, mm-hmm. um, voting process. Mm-hmm. And these judges are letting these people out. That's, so, like, know, I'm cool I, with this shit. I love I'm, it. I remember listening to um, to the last episode that the, the Combine did, and you were talking about, you were asking the question, like, Ken, I think it was you, how many, what's the proportion of cases that uh, criminal cases that bring up social media as as evidence. <laughs> and I think it was, he said like 100% or something. Yeah, like yeah, that, it's right? 100%, it's definitely 100%. There's videos of these, you know, ski-doo de- dealership owners or whatever from, you know, Tallahassee <laughs> that came up to, to do this. And, they're, and I, I remember the one that was just like this pure white rage. And the guy, the guy was like, uh, asked, what do we do when we get in there? And he goes, heads on pikes. Oh, and I'm, and I'm like, I think we were actually like 10 to 15 minutes away from that actually happening. Dwight, you're right. Because imagine if those people would have ran into AOC, Omar, Forget Pelosi, it. Uh, um, uh, Schumer. Anybody. Forget it. At that point, because you because you got the flat out mob mentality. You have the, I mean, like this is what it Ayanna is. Diana Presley, Tali, what, like and, son, and you and you can't control it. That was the whole point. No. Like you can't control it. You can't for, for can't multiple reasons. Mob? Yeah, you you like you you actually can't control it. But even no. ideologically, you can't control it. That's how I know that Senate. They don't want that. They don't want to impeach. Like, listen, they got lawyers in Congress and Senate. Yeah, let me tell you something. Yo, I would love to just coach these guys. Like this impeachment trial, yo, I'm not looking at this impeachment trial on that incident. You fools, you use this impeachment trial to give Americans a real understanding of American history to move them away from racism, to move them away from xenophobia, move them away from all of this negative shit and you show how these people are in the minority. Like they don't even want to embrace that because they're afraid, and that's what this country is. But it's also here. not true. It's also no, it's not, not true. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, no, no, like, no, no. absolutely. But 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 but, uh, but I I I see this place, and what I told I talked about this with Dwight last week. Yo, I've been in a very reflective place, to a point of reflection that I didn't think. I didn't fathom. You think you want to be aware all the time and you want to think, but then sometimes reality hits you in a way that you're, you're just what your human makeup is made of is not really pre- properly prepared for sometimes. And it, it jolts you and you're human. And it made me realize like, yo, something has to give, man. Yes. Like either something has to give or you know what? I'm okay with every day waking up to a bomb going off. Like some tragedy. Well, so you mean something. like the rest of the world, like the rest of yes, earth, the rest of the earth. Yes, because you know what? When you guys think cops only hate you know cops hate people everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like the people throwing rocks at cops at every corner of this earth, yeah. and that's for a reason to uphold these systems. That whether if your system is communist, yours is socialist, yours is democratic, yours is a hybrid. Somehow y'all all come together and sit down at the table and break bread up. Because what is the relationship of that law enforcement to the state? When the cops show up, they put their backs to the freaking buildings. 
and they're pointing yes. their guns at the people. They're not putting yes. their backs to the freaking people saying this is what we're here to protect. So you know their role. They're the only physical, tangible manifestation of the state that most people are going to ever get to interact with. And, and to your point earlier, Dwight, so many unfortunately don't have the luxury of really getting some sort of historical grounding so that they can have a way to understand the world. So when they cannot do that, their politicians spoon feed them a way to understand the world. And like anytime somebody's spoon feeding you, unfortunately, eat, look, you're gonna, you can often get hooked on sugars. You can get hooked on salt. You're not able to, in a mature manner, manage that which you are ingesting. You're simply right. taking it in and eventually you hooked on it. So, you know. All right. Uh... Thank you for listening to us today. Listen, we we've um, this has been a very deep conversation. Um, obviously, we can't get to all of this in in, in one setting, so this is part one. Um, there'll definitely be a part two. Mm-hmm. It's really a part three because um, I actually spoke to Dwight about a week ago. That's right. Um, oh, but you know, check it out. Um, I think you'll really uh-huh. um, no, enjoy. Peace. Yes, yes. You know, it's good to be in a place that feels like you're in your house, you know? Now, it's a beautiful thing. We're glad you people are assembled here with us on this Saturday night. You know what I mean? You don't feel like Saturday night people. Some Saturday night people, that's the only night they get out and they act like it. <laughs> you know, like when you cage something up and when it gets out, they act like it. That's the way most Saturday night people act. Now, we would like to think of some very beautiful, bright moments. You know what I mean? Bright moments. Bright moments is like <laughs> eating your last pork chop in London, England, because you ain't gonna get no more. <laughs> Cook from home. Bright moments is like being with your favorite love and y'all sharing the same ice cream dish and you get mad when she gets the last drop. (laughs) And you have to take her in your arms and get it the other way. Bright moments. That's too heavy for most of y'all because y'all don't know about that kind of love. The love y'all have been taught about is the love in those magazines. And I am fortunate that I didn't have to look in magazines. (laughs) Bright moments. Bright moments is like seeing something that you ain't never seen in your life and you don't have to see it, but you know how it looks.
Bright moments is like hearing some music that ain't nobody else heard, and they, if they heard it, they wouldn't even recognize it. They heard it because they've been hearing it all their life, but they nutted on it. So when you hear it and you start popping your feet and jumping up and down, they get mad because you enjoying yourself, but those are bright moments that they can't share with you because they don't know even how to even go about listening to what you're listening to. And you, when you try to tell them about it, they don't know a damn thing about what you're talking about. <laughs> Is there any other bright moments before we <laughs> proceed on? Testify. Testify. Beautiful. Bright moments. Bright moments. Bright moments is like having brothers and sisters and sisterettes and brotherettes like y'all here listening to us. <laughs>
Right moment, right moment, right now. 